now you have a massive unfair advantage and an opportunity to actually make a ton of money with a strong brand, a lot of goodwill, a lot of trust, and a much bigger audience. And so we're aiming creatures. We aim at a thing, right? And then we don't go straight there. We circumnavigate. And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if? What if? You do have what it takes. What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post socially distant era. The big question is this. How can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Hey guys, welcome uh, Manoj Agarwal here with a very special guest Nick Peterson. So uh, Nick and I um, I met him last year in September and the amount of knowledge and clarity uh, that Nick possesses it, it it just blows away uh, my mind and anybody who talks to uh, Nick so uh, Nick is a very successful entrepreneur himself um, he runs uh, what seven or eight um, companies of himself and then he uh, has a, a huge network of other successful entrepreneurs he helps them um, build and grow their companies beyond 10 million dollar mark uh, so we are going to uh, hear from him how is he planning to tackle uh, the crisis that we are facing uh, collectively, globally, and uh, what is his advice on uh, on getting through, uh, whether you are a professional uh, working in a company or entrepreneur uh, running a business, what is his advice to, uh, to you know, um, make sure that we are secure and our families are taken care of. So welcome, Nick. Yeah, man. Thank you for the introduction. That was great. Thank you. All right. So, uh, you know, you see things very uh, differently from a lot of uh, other people. So let's start there. Uh, what do you see uh, how this thing is going to unfold? Uh, you know, we are uh, going through this uh, pandemic, this crisis. Uh, what are some of uh, some of the things that you are noticing that other people may not be noticing? Let's start there and then we'll dive in. Yeah, I think the so just to start, there's a uh, the reality is we don't know. Right which is tough because a lot of people want to know. I've, I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen like, just tell me when it's going to end. Um, and it's one of those things. It's not uh, the weather, right? If we predict the weather, for example, yeah. um, whether we're right or wrong, it's going to be what it's going to be, right? So we can put a raincoat on. Uh, I can say, hey, it's going to rain. We put a raincoat on and then it's sunny the next day. We have no control over that. Uh, what's happening now, like the, both the the health issues, the economic issues, it's a little bit different because the predictions actually change the behavior, which changes the outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's it's I'm a little hesitant to talk about um, to speculate yeah, yeah. because unlike the weather, uh, if you change your behavior, it changes the outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's a, that's very deep, obviously. So, so let's uh, get into that. You know, one of the things that I, one of the books that you have written, uh, bumpers. Maybe we can talk about that right now. Or uh, how will you? How will you? Um, what should be our behavior right now? As you said, like it's very unpredictable. 
So what are some of the actions we can take and, and can we draw some uh, inspiration from the, the bumpers concept that you have uh, come up with, which is an excellent book, uh, which I highly recommend everybody should read. Yeah, and I, I think I have some exercises and bumpers that are useful. I think right now there's been a there, there's been a panic, mm -hmm. and then honestly, on my end anyway, um, I'm I'm kind of disconnected from like mass market. I, I talk to a lot of uh, uh, movers, shakers, and and you know people that operate a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's an initial panic, and so my calendar filled up of people freaking out, right? And then about a week later, my calendar filled up with people that have said, wait a minute, it's not that bad, mm -hmm. right? The speculation was worse than what's actually happening so far. Yeah. And wow, there's a lot of opportunity, mm -hmm. a lot of things I didn't see before. Because I was chasing when, when times are good, we chase, right, all this upside, all this opportunity, all these possibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, and what happens is we don't handle the small stuff. So I think it's a good opportunity right now to journal a lot. Yeah. Um, I write every morning. I don't necessarily journal traditionally. Uh, and start reflecting on what actually matters. And the reason I suggest that you write this down is because we're going to come out. There's going to be another side of this, yeah. whether it's six months from now, a year from now, three weeks from now, there's going to be another side of this. And it's unfortunate that I can't say, here's what you can do right now because yeah. Everything that could be done to create like certainty right now uh, should have been done a year and a half ago, you know? Um, so I think it's a good time to journal yeah, yeah. Yeah. and reflect on what matters. And then as, as we come to the other side of this, continue to refer back to that so that I'm going to tell you, something's going to happen again, right? 2008, we had the housing crisis. We almost, the whole financial system almost went down, right? And now we're 2020, we have this. There'll be 2031, it'll be something else, right? Um, and so I think it's a great time right now uh, to reflect on what really matters and uh, spend a lot of time building systems, which is what Bumpers is, right? The book, my book, is it's really about building the systems so that you remember what's important. You don't go off on a million different directions chasing all this opportunity. You really remember what's important. So that when we come out on the other side of this, all this opportunity is going to open up again, right? Uh, we've talked to Bank of New York. We talked to Bernstein. I think you probably saw those replays. Yeah. Uh, they're projecting growth in 2021 and beyond. Okay. So the trap right now is panicking, getting to the other side, because we're all going to get to the other side. And then forgetting everything that led us to being uncertain and panicking right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Economy starts growing again, people start getting jobs again, and we forget what we just went through, and we develop all the habits, and we procrastinate on all the things uh, that we procrastinated on before that led us to here. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, if, if you're going to study something, right, uh, history is always good. I would look at uh, stoicism. I would take a I would take a nice during this time look at stoicism and really learn um, the importance of one just being okay, right? That's one of the things about this whole thing is like whatever happens, I'm okay. I know I'm going to be okay. Um, I start developing that that muscle, the the stoic muscle, so to speak. Um, 
economically, if you're a business owner or not, um, my default is to be helpful. That's the other thing I would recommend right now is uh, few people might cash in. There, there's some industries that are probably crushing it right now. There's If you got cash and you throw it in the market right now, you might end up doing pretty well. Uh, but by and large, nobody's getting rich. Mass, like the mass market, majority of people right now, they are not doing something that's going to make them a ton of money right now. Mm-hmm. However, there's an opportunity to put out a lot of goodwill, build a very strong brand, uh, build a lot of relationships, right? And so for me right now, it's about mitigating the downside and exploring all of the potential and building all the relationships and putting all the goodwill out. And I mean, people are lost, they're confused. So if if you can be an oasis of stability during this time, when we do get to the other end, because we are going to, uh, now you have a massive unfair advantage and an opportunity to actually make a ton of money with a strong brand, a lot of goodwill, a lot of trust, and a much bigger audience. So that's, uh, that's what I'd be doing right now, whether I had a job, didn't have a job, entrepreneur, um, I would be looking for opportunities to be genuinely helpful. And uh, I, again, go back to journaling, write down, because what you're going to see is you're going to see a correlation. Six months ago, I just helped people for the sake of helping people. And now I'm getting referrals. People are buying my stuff. Like you're going to see that correlation. So it's just another argument for just writing stuff down right now. Be helpful and, and write stuff down. Yeah, that's that's one fundamental change in in the way that you think and your you know your entire network thinks is is being helpful. Uh, and I'm amazed at the the amount of goodwill that you put out. Like you know you put out numerous daily emails, numerous daily videos, and they're like super valuable. Everything is available for free. So please go check out uh, all this stuff that Nick and uh, his network puts out. So it's thoroughly helpful. Um, now. One thing you mentioned was, you know, journal and think about what is important. And when when we mention this, and I've been a victim of this, you know, immediately our thought process goes towards, okay, what is important is making money so that I can take care of my family, so that I can, you know, be happy at at a, at a subsequent time in the future. So, uh, can you help us uh, get to that concept? Like when you say what is important, uh, this is where you know. Uh, it actually just opened up my mind when I read the Mumper's book. When you say what is important, can you dive a little bit deeper mm-hmm. so that people can understand what really important things are in life? Yeah, and I think a lot of it's from uh, a need. I've come on this kick lately about um, long game versus short game. Um, a lot of it is the need to have everything right now uh, and have some sort of title or some sort of like some – there's something that represents victory, right? And that's what we've been taught. You know, you go to college to get a degree. You play sports to get a trophy. You play sports for a long time to go to the Hall of Fame. These are all titles. Yeah. And that's just kind of in our culture, and that, that's perfectly fine. It, it does uh, encourage us to strive for things. The problem is we have these titles. And I don't know, when we're 10 years old, then we're 12, and then we're 18, we develop all of these assumptions and we never re-examine them. So like you said, I got to make money so I can take care of my family and yada, yada, yada. Um, the mistake is not digging deep enough, right? So we say, what's important? Well, I got to make money. 
Well, that's not what's important. What's important is that your family is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, now you've been drilled in, for whatever reason, you developed this idea that there, this is the way we take care of my family, right? Um, I got to make sure that each kid, you know, we have a house, so each kid has their own bedroom and then go to these schools. They can have this kind of food and we can go to the movies and all this stuff. Um, that's all an assumption. Those are just a series of assumptions we made. Uh, so bumpers and what I implore people to do is like what really matters. What really matters is, uh, and I'll go back a little bit because this is a, a, a point in bumpers too. Yeah. It is not uncommon for somebody to say, okay, I, the most important thing to me is my family. And based on my beliefs, the best way to serve my family is to make a bunch of money. Right. And they go down this spiral where they become so obsessed with making money, they lose their family. They get divorced. They never see their kids. Right. It's, it's an example of that, that massive leap of logic and never reexamining it. So it's really what, what is important. It's that in this case, let's say that I can feed my family and we're together. You do not have to make very much money to feed your family and stay together. Yeah. yeah. If you want to keep your five bedroom house, maybe. Right. But then you have to have a conversation with yourself. What's really important. Maybe the five bedroom house and the Ferrari is more important Mm -hmm. than your family and that no judgment here. But if you say one thing and you optimize for another, you're going to be fighting a war of attrition. There's a lot of dissonance there. Right. So that's, that's really, um, it's bridging that gap. Like sit down and say, is it, is it the fact that I have this massive house and all of my kids have Mercedes that's important or is it just knowing that they're alive and healthy and we're together because those are very very different things it doesn't take much right I mean I understand that there's bills and all this stuff but the very very core of it it doesn't take much to uh to keep your family healthy and alive and together yeah you know so the the need to make a hundred thousand dollars this month is not actually necessary so it's important to explore like why why am i doing what i'm doing and uh what do i really want because it's probably i probably don't need to do all the things that i'm panicking about doing in order to get what i really want yeah. it's just a uh, again it's a time to reflect on that stuff yeah that's true and um i mean it, it has it has brought about a you know huge uh pattern change in my thinking for sure you know ever since i've i've, I've studied your work and i find it um a lot more i, I find a lot of a lot more peace and certainty in my life just thinking uh, slightly differently but it, it, it was not easy you know it it uh, it took a lot of uh, struggle just struggling with myself uh, you know answering those questions um so do you find like uh people struggle or people even if they sit down and reflect on it, uh, do they struggle to answer these questions very honestly with themselves, uh, or they still, um, you know, they still are bogged down by all the stories, as you said, like you know, all the stories that we hear from society, from our peers. Uh, how do you, how do you actually enable yourself to answer these questions very honestly? Well, first of all, there is the elimination. There, there's three things. Um. And two of them stem from one, right? Which is fear. Fear creates a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And so I think it's important to understand that humans were circumnavigating creatures. 
which means we aim at something. Mm-hmm. And then we completely, excuse my language, we completely fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like we have to eliminate the guilt and the shame. We have a lot of people who get stuck because, well, am I doing this right? Is this good? Is this evil? Is this bad? And those are all those are all arbitrary, right? It really depends on who you're talking to and and what they believe. And so we're aiming creatures. We aim at a thing, right? And then we don't go straight there. We circumnavigate, right? So an example might be um, we're too passive, right? And so we get knocked off course. And then we say, you know what? I'm not going to be passive anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna correct that. And we usually overshoot the other way. We become way too rigid right but we're a little bit closer to our goal and we just have to have the ability to recognize that say that's okay i'm not going to beat myself up about it i'm not going to cry over spilled milk i'm not going to punish myself i'm just going to correct course and then we're going to become a little too passive again but not as passive as we were before right so it's it's actually a process of circumnavigation and you have to understand that because yeah anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. So you're going to be bad at stuff. You're going to mess up. You're going to upset people. And that's what people are afraid of. So they get, they, they fall into guilt and shame and punishment, which is a cycle that is, it's, is really, really rough. A lot of people uh, live there like forever. Mm-hmm. So part of the, the frame shift is understanding that we're going to circumnavigate. We are going to overshoot one way and we're probably going to overshoot the other way. And we're probably going to overshoot the other way again. And that's going to continue until we get kind of, we're still going to continue to overshoot, but it'll be, you know, super small, mm-hmm. make little mini mistakes. And until we accept that, we we can't shift our thinking very much because we're going to be controlled by fear of what others think. Uh, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? Am I going to get fired because I messed up? You know, uh, all that stuff. So that's one. Um, understand that, that, we're going to circumnavigate things. There's a lot of really good books about it. Uh, Jordan Peterson writes about it a lot. It's all in all of his stuff. Uh, spiral dynamics is another version. It's just a spiral instead of circumnavigating, just a spiral upward. Uh, so you have to understand that, like, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly, and it's okay. It's okay to mess up. Um, and then you can really start saying hey you know like i'll give you another example the number of people that say hey you know you should really do this and i say why say because you would make more money right mm-hmm. and they mean well but they don't know what i'm optimizing for yeah. they don't know that i want more money they assume that because they want more money that i must as well mm-hmm. So it's another it's another piece of understanding that a lot of this pressure you're feeling, you shouldn't feel. It's just other people don't understand what matters to you. Yeah. And if you don't understand what matters to you, you're very likely to just go along whatever they tell you to do. Yeah. So uh, setting these bumpers, it's really about. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I like the concept, but I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, f. F everybody else. I do my own thing. You know, having haters is a sign of good. Like generally speaking, having haters means you just don't communicate well. Um, But I am a big fan of not letting what other people think uh, dictate what I do. But again, you have to get over the fear of being rejected and the guilt and the shame and 
depending on what religion, what belief, what your societal norms, like uh, it's really hard to say, hey, these things don't matter to me. This thing does. Because if you're in a culture, a lot of Asian cultures, right? And you tell your parents you're 10 years old or 15 and you say, I don't want to be a doctor. Like that doesn't go over well. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it's as a 15 year old kid, you're, you may not be uh, developed enough to understand. But the problem is as a 25 year old uh, that came from like that Asian culture, you never stopped and revisited what really matters to you. Mm-hmm. So it's a process of, okay, look, there's circumnavigation. I have to get over this guilt and shame. Uh, now, what do I really want? Right. And it's tough. It's the, the, especially, especially if you weren't, um, if you weren't born in the U S you know, a lot of people come with really, really strong beliefs. Um, or if, you know, any, any religious uh, denomination that is, is super strict, it's, there's a lot of rewiring, but it starts with, uh, like, it's okay. It's okay to want what I want. And, the more that I pretend, again, maybe I just want a really fast car that looks really cool and people think I'm awesome. It is best for me to just admit that and know that it's okay. No guilt, no shame, no judgment. It's okay that I just want to have nice stuff. Uh, Your life becomes a lot easier when you stop lying to yourself. So it's, it's just a process of, uh, working through that guilt and that shame and, and um, alleviating that fear, whatever it may be. Yeah. Then you can start doing what actually matters to you, which is pretty cool. That's great. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of uh, people who are experienced uh, and they have seen uh, life a little bit closely, but there are sort of a lot of beginners as well. So I'll, I'll recommend, I mean, these are very uh, deep conversations and I hope you are able to take uh, the essence of it, but, Definitely starts with the bumpers book. Um, do, you, do you have a URL that uh, you want to share? Nick? Yeah, you can get the PDF at bumpersbook.com. If you want to just go from Amazon, I don't really know what their deal with shipping is right now. I think they're still shipping. Uh, NickPetersonbook.com will actually just redirect right to uh, to Amazon. Okay. Uh, it's like 50 pages. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's, it's, it's short, not it's short, but it's very powerful. Um, and now... Uh, I want to, uh, you know, also help the beginners. Like, how did you accumulate all this uh, knowledge and experience? I mean, I know you read a lot, you write a lot. So can you uh, just uh, share your sort of daily routine so that uh, people can uh, get some inspiration from that and incorporate that, especially in this time? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time to read. And um, so it's interesting the process is interesting because I do know people that read more than I do uh, and seem to me anyway, again, I, you know, it's all perspective. They seem to completely miss, uh, miss the point of, of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about perspective. It's all about understanding. Um, it's all about sleeping well at night and just like being happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say ignorance is bliss. But the truth is ignorant people are just mad at everybody else all the time. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I read whatever is interesting to me. Uh, I think reading on a very particular topic uh, is not as useful. 
because uh, generally you're looking for some end, right? Like how to plant tomatoes. Cool. Uh, so I'll read whatever is interesting to me. You know, it could be, it, it might have physics, it might be spirituality related, it might be business, uh, might be a biography, whatever it is. Uh, and I highlight as I read. Because these are things that I say, wow, I really want to explore this deeper. So I highlight as I read. And then what I do is I come back and I have my little book stand. I have a, my, I get made fun of for my book stand all the time. Mm-hmm. What I do is I, um, read the highlights and I try to take the concept and put it in context of my life. Right. So people, I'm sure you see all the time, people quote things. Yeah. And then like you recognize that they're not even applying the thing that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying to me. So say, okay, so here's a concept of, I don't know, relative change versus absolute change. Okay. What does that mean in my life? Now I'm, I'm into fitness. Obviously that's, you know, where I started. Um, so in terms of fitness, like how does rel- how's relative change different than absolute change? Oh, that makes sense to me. Okay. Now in business, right? So again, relative change, adding $10,000 a month. That's an absolute number. Mm-hmm. Amazon doesn't care about that, but it might change your life. Right? So that's relative change in the context of business. Uh, and then I just go through, what else am I interested in? What does this mean to me? And then I think, what does this mean to the people that I care about? Uh, and I just apply it in as many domains as possible. And I write about it and I go on to the next highlight and I do it again. Uh, and then what I do, which I'm fortunate, not everybody has an audience, but I have an audience so I could turn around and I can just start talking about it. And I get feedback immediately that people are like, dude, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Which means I can't clearly articulate it yet. So I just keep working through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just do that. I go through uh, generally one book will reference like three or four more. So I'll order those and I'll go through that. And I just go down a rabbit hole. But it's important to me that I understand, okay, um, this is the concept that makes sense in this particular domain. Uh, it's also the thing that worries me about academics, right, is they can be introduced to a concept in one domain and completely miss it everywhere else. Again, that's the exact opposite of why I read or listen or whatever. So I take my highlights and I just reword them. I say, what does this mean for me? And I have a bunch of private clients. So I might say, okay, what does this mean for, uh, you know, what does this mean for Dan? You know, he's got an accounting firm. Okay. okay. So I guess, yada, yada, yada. I might talk to him about it. Really trying to understand, okay, here's this cool thing. It sounds great. How do I apply it? And more importantly, how do I not completely miss it when it comes up in real life? Because what's the point of reading about it if I'm going to miss it? Anyway? Yeah, yeah. And so that's the process. I have a bunch of handwritten notes. Um, you don't necessarily have to write. It slows me down. I like to slow down and write. Uh, but read anything you're interested in. I, I don't think there's any self-help, business, uh, Fiction, nonfiction, I don't think there's, I don't think it really matters. I think there's concepts and there's principles that are universal. There's a very natural law. And um, when you recognize things, highlight them and come back to them and then put them in your own words. Cool. Explain what it means to you. You got kids? What does it mean to your kids? How can you talk to them about it? That kind of stuff. Awesome. That's great. 
Let's take a quick break for an important message from the Bootstrapping Your Dreams community. Get the support and insights you need for your business and life. Join our community which is fueled by the same people who advise the world's top leaders and champions. Stay ahead of the curve. Join us now by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Uh, you know, I um, I talked to a few people about these concepts, uh, about meditation and things like that. And uh, they say, you know, I'm busy making money. I'm busy making uh, deals and stuff like that. But I just want to highlight, you know, the the kind of success it actually, you know, putting putting in this effort of reading, accumulating knowledge and applying it to real life. Like some of the things that you've been able to do, like you were invited to John Hopkins Hospital uh, where the best doctors are employed. But they couldn't diagnose some some ailment could you share that story yeah that was uh that was so one of the things to be clear one of the things it's it's similar with a lot of the the places that i've been and people i've talked to um i'm fortunate to be surrounded by really intelligent people and one of the things that is important to me is taking these concepts and principles and articulating them in in another way and so one of my good, uh, one of my good friends, my old business partner, uh, Trevor Cashy, he's a PhD in, in metabolic chemistry. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, really just a process of talking to people and looking at things differently and then having resources like, uh, if, if we're to talk about biology, chemistry, anything medical, uh, Trevor, Dr. Cashy is absolutely the, the, the information resource, right? Um, and so in this case, we see he's able to recognize something that maybe other people miss or are not comfortable suggesting for whatever reason. Um, I'm able to articulate, I'm able to, to talk to Trevor and say, okay, I understand what this means for this person and then turn around and articulate it to the person in a way that changes their behavior. So a lot of the things like that, like, uh, Ooh, medical mystery resolved, is more about um, taking what a technician may have already known, mm. like a really, really smart doctor already knew, but was not articulating in a way that the patient would change their behavior appropriately. Okay. And so in that case, and in many cases, um, I just have really, really smart people in my corner. And uh, by going through this process of saying, okay, what does that mean? Okay, well, what does that mean for this person? And then going to, in this case, the patient and saying, okay, Give me context about your life. Okay. Now I know how to articulate this information in a way that'll get this person to change their behavior to get the outcome that everybody was trying to get to. Uh, there's been a lot of that. And it, it is through the process of just continually reinventing language. Yeah. Because uh, there's a huge base knowledge disconnect. And so most of, uh, again, most of, I can tell you that sometimes I amalgamate things in a unique way. Uh, nothing I have ever done or suggested anybody do is new. I taught, uh, I taught, I broke down and taught diffusion of innovations, right? For the R3 class. Mm -hmm. That research was done in 1957, you know, the initial research. So it's, it's nothing new. It's just the ability to figure out what it actually means for normal people. Mm -hmm. And then articulate it, and uh, you can develop that skill yourself in 
like the reading process I just described, yeah, but it could be listening. It could be watching YouTube videos. It could be having conversations, yeah. taking notes and then coming through it. So that's great. And I want to uh, take it one step further because, uh, you know, it's not only you're helping um, people in other fields, like experts in other fields, doctors and all that. I mean, you've had a huge financial success of yourself and you've been able to contribute to other people's success. Um, your first company, the, the gym that you built, um, turn into like a what six seven figure seven figure business in in under a year. Like, can you share that story and how did you um, make it a unique business within your uh, mm -hmm. your community? Yeah, and I'll clarify that too because there, there's I don't I don't talk about I actually sent an email about it. I don't talk much. I'm I'm happy to, but I don't talk much about past accomplishments and stuff, mm -hmm. um, because that's the past, right? I. People should be in my world for what I can do for them now, not for sure. what I've done before. So, I mean, whatever you, yeah, whatever, yeah. maybe we can take a current example. No, I'll, I'll share this because I think it's really important. Uh, the gym, my gym in Vero Beach went from one little bay with no equipment and I slept in it. I mean, it's Florida, it's hot, it's uncomfortable. I actually slept in the bathroom in the winter because it was insulated. Okay, so I'm sleeping on the cement floor in this little tiny warehouse. Uh, within about a year and a half, we had knocked down one, two, three walls and taken over another bay and turned it into an office. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much at capacity, very high price, uh, 100% referrals. Never learned the paid traffic skill. At that point, I didn't even consider paid traffic. Mm -hmm. But to be fair and just to be transparent, which is missing on the internet, I think, uh, for about three and a half or four years before that, I had a gym a couple miles down the road that, I mean, I slept in that gym for three years. It took a long time to get traction, um, but it was through, it's the same thing I do now, retention referrals, raving fans, serving people. We just built a massive uh, community of people that love what we do. The biggest shift for me was realizing an opportunity. So I was a gym. And it was all about like lifting heavy weights and, you know, hardcore strongman and powerlifting. And I was broke for four years and realizing an opportunity that I was in a very, very affluent community. And because of the way that I looked, people that otherwise would never talk to me would talk to me, share stuff with me, and they would pay me for it. So I said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to get a free education. I'm learning so much stuff. So I kicked, I didn't really kick them out. I just kind of like. Hey, strong men, power lifters, like, you know, you guys, you go over in the corner over there. And I just said, Hey, I'm, I only want affluent, successful, educated people. And I trained most of them for dirt cheap because it was still a great deal for me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really, you have to understand currency, the currency that I value most. Cause I, I was like 25 currency. I valued most of the time. I was already sleeping in the gym. It wasn't like I was in a rush to get out. I was used to it. Um, the currency I valued most was perspective and knowledge. And I still do that today. Sometimes people are like, you can charge this much. Why do you charge so little? Why do you do it for free? Because the currency that I am valuing right now is not money. So that's a lesson I learned way back then. I was like, there's a lot of currencies and you can get way ahead if you stop going one-to-one. -one, right? A dollar of deliverable for a dollar in cash that's a long game to play mm -hmm. 
so I surrounded myself. I've probably had two or 300 business owners, um, like educated, affluent people coming through every day, spending time with me. I shortcutted like it takes people decades to get that much conversation with that kind of people. Right. So shortcutted that. And because I was so interested in them and serve them and always around and originally lower price than everybody else built a massive community and where we just became the only logical place for an affluent family to, to have a membership. And uh, that's where I built the R3 framework and, you know, helping people understand the different currencies. Like you might not have as much money, but you probably have something else that they want. And if they have a lot of money, they're going to part with it freely to get the thing that you have. And so it's, it's uh, understanding all these currencies and how to, how to create a win, win, win where everybody gets what they're aiming for way faster than they would have thought possible. So the gym did well uh, out of the gym with Dr. Cashy. We launched a nutrition company. Same thing. Trevor is the genius behind it. All I did was uh, help people understand how to change their behavior based on the information uh, that did really well. And then I moved to New Mexico to, uh, to build something with somebody that taught other people how to have very similar gyms. Uh, those all did very, very well. Uh, and then I spent a year in Nashville, just, sold everything and was like, I don't know what I want to do. Uh, got in internet marketing, realized that's a cluster and, you know, got out of internet marketing as fast as possible. Still kind of dabble in it. Cause there's, there's a lot of money to be made on the internet. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of dishonesty as well. So play with that. But yeah, I went to uh, most things I've done and I just share this because if people watch my stuff or get in my world, most things I've done seem incredibly fortunate. I feel like I'm fortunate, but incredibly fortunate. They all seem like overnight, like the gym. Sure. Um, when I launched the network, my private client group uh, had zero clients. And then one day I was like, mm, sure, I'll try this program. And I had one and then I had five. By the end of the month, I think we had 25 people paying three grand a month. Overnight success, right? Yeah. What people don't realize is I spent the last two years actually helping all of these people for free yeah, yeah. and just giving a shit about them. And so a lot of the overnight success stuff, which is why I'm telling people right now is a great time to build the foundation. Um, all the overnight success stuff has just been a, it's really just been a process of just continuing to show up and be helpful. Yeah. And uh, when it goes back to a lot of things I talk about in bumpers, the rolling average and all that stuff. There is opportunity a year ago to build a webinar, run traffic, hard sell and make a bunch of money. Right. But there's no foundation. So that that's where people are like, you got to build a webinar and you got to hard sell. And I said, no. And I watched their trajectory go up faster than mine. Right. But I'm just worried about this rolling average over time because I know we got another 40, 50 years. Um, and now most of them have crashed really hard. And there's this big gap between, you know, how certain and comfortable I am during this COVID thing and how uncertain and uncomfortable they are. And uh, again, I think it, right now is a great time to start building that foundation. Yeah. But I just wanted to be clear on that. Um, it's easy for me to say, hey, 
Dan Nicholson and I launched this thing and it went to, you know, a seven figure run rate in 10 days. But Dan has been serving people for the last 20 years, you know, and I've just been showing up every single day for the last five or six. So that overnight stuff's not really overnight. Um, But it's really, really important. The foundation is laid because you never know what's going to happen. We saw, we saw an economic downturn coming eventually. Nobody saw COVID, right? So even people preparing for a recession, thinking they're getting ahead, uh, they got hit pretty hard if they didn't have a foundation of goodwill, trust, uh, you know, relationships to to lean on. I'm I'm leaning heavily on relationships. There's a lot of people that are leaning heavily on me, and that's totally that's why we develop them. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that I uh, read about Pokemon Go, which is a hu- huge success, one thing he said was it was an overnight success, which took 20 years to in the making. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're absolutely right. You do the work. You need to, to build that solid foundation. And uh, and uh, that's what carries you through through these tough times. Now, uh, bringing it back uh, to the present now, you know, I know that you also um, – teach people how to uh, thrive in these uncertain environments through your um, cash flow engineering and R3 uh, R3 framework. So can we, um, if you have time, maybe talk about that um, quickly and uh, let people know that, you know, this is something that they should be looking at as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the R3 framework, I'll start there. It's basically the way that I've always just done business codified. It has turned into a book called Customers for Life. So you can go to havecustomersforlife.com and you can see the book. Um, it's just the, it's like, it's like, it's really like business 101. So I, I taught it and a lot of people like blew their minds, like frame shifts. Uh, I know you posted about it. Like, they're like this is crazy. The scary thing is, is it again, a lot of the research, right. started being done in like 1957. Um, it's like business 101 if you ever went to like college. So that's the scary thing is is one, a lot of it's super fundamental. There's a lot of psychological stuff that I do that's it's, uh, unusual. But um, people now are saying, hey, I'm going to go out of business. I'm screwed. And we just look and we're like, you have a Facebook ad to a funnel to a sales page, right? That's not a business. That's a funnel. Like. That's just not so like let's follow up with people, let's serve people, let's show up, let's go to the chamber of commerce locally, like let's tell our neighbors that we're here, like all these things that are very, very basic. Uh, so I codified that. Um, because it, at, unless you were shut down, you know, like a restaurant, the business fundamentals should carry you through these times. Maybe not, maybe you went from a st- maybe you have to go from a staff of 15 down to two. You know, like that's part of it. That that's unfortunate. Uh, but the fact that you're like, I'm gonna go from 80 grand a month to zero overnight, that's a problem. That means we're missing all kinds of just fundamental stuff. So R3 laid out the eight stages of the customer journey, uh, how we talk to them, how to communicate with them appropriately, think about the emotions that they're going through, especially right now. No, there's a lot of people are not buying. And it's for emotional reasons. Like logically, they have not been impacted. They still have a job. 
they're worried they might not tomorrow, right? So logically, people are buying, or people are buying off emotion. They're not buying off logic, or they stop buying off emotion. So R3, we show you how to control all that just to make sure that like people are making decisions that are in their best interest and uh, really stick around forever. Like your raving fans, they might say, hey, can I pause my membership? Or they might say, hey, can you give me a discount? Or they might say, hey, look, I have gym owners that are clients and their clients said, hey, just keep billing me because I know it's going to be tough for you and when this is over, I want to make sure that I can come back and you don't you don't go out of business, right? That's from teaching the principles where your clients are more concerned. They're, they're very, very concerned about you still being there. So they just pay. They can't come into the gym, but they're going to pay anyway. Uh, so that's really the, the marketing and the retention side. On at a higher level, perhaps more important, uh, Dan Nicholson and I, and, you know, Dan is a CPA, brilliant guy. He's like the most qualified CPA on the planet. Uh, put together cash flow engineering, which is, it's also kind of business one-on-one. Like, you know, when a, when a business has a record month, they think that they're winning. The reality is, if you look at the data, most companies after a record month are at the highest risk. They're in the worst position they've ever been in, Right for so many reasons, like record month. We don't know if it was episodic. Was it seasonal? Was it something we did without years of data? We don't really know. So record month. And then we take on all these expenses. We decide to spend more on ads, right? So our risk has gone up. And unless we sustain that record month, which almost never happens by virtue of it's a record, right? Like the hottest day ever recorded in LA. Yeah, Chances yeah. are tomorrow's not going to be as hot because data suggests that that's the hottest it's going to be. Uh, so without that, what Dan would say, preponderance of data, people make really, really bad business decisions. And what happens, especially in the internet marketing world, but it's it's universal. Every win that they have, right, they get endorphins, they get they get a dopamine hit, and they want more wins. In reality, every win is putting their business at more risk. So we see this like another win, another record month, ring the bell, another win. And they're like getting in a worse and worse and worse position. Facebook stops working for one day and all of a sudden they have more overhead than they could ever sustain. Right. So cash flow engineering is the process of understanding how to actually make decisions uh, from marketing sales, but also operationally. Uh, what do you delegate? What do you not delegate? There's a lot of rhetoric about outsource everything that's not high leverage. Uh, and people have no idea how to actually determine objectively what is high leverage, right? They interpret it as like things I want to do. Very, very different. So it's it's pretty much got business one-on-one on like the marketing sales or retention side. And then on the actual cash flow engineering is like actual business development strategy. How do I hire? When do I hire? What do I delegate? Do I spend more on advertising? How do I know how much to spend on advertising? Um, do I take on more costs? My revenue went up. Do I take on more costs? Do I take on more risk or not? How do I know? Uh, just business strategy, long, long, long-term sustainability stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Well, um, thank you so much. Um, you know, I wish uh, we, we had more time. I know you're busy, you have to go. Uh, well, one thing I noticed here, one more question. Is it okay? Uh, can we go for five more minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I noticed that you are in your office right now and, uh, you know, California is one of the hardest hit states in the in the world. I will. I mean, one of the hardest hit areas in the world. And you, you know, I know you have this theory about uh, how the brain thinks and what is the reason? I mean, you obviously you don't have to come to office to do what you do, but you 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 come to the office every day, uh, and you and you uh, you know share your thoughts, you send your emails. What is the reason behind it? Um. There's a few. One, I like having my space. The brain is highly associative. Um, so, you know, Stephen King is is famous for saying uh, you don't wait, you know, you don't wait for the muse to strike. You just tell the muse you're going to show up at 7 a.m. every day and it'll start showing up. There's a little bit of that, but um, I go through, I have a process, right? So you could probably see like I got books and notes and all that. And frankly, I'm, I'm just really too lazy to pack it up and bring it home. Um, we're, we are, uh, this office is, uh, it's a phone company, so it, it is deemed a essential infrastructure. So it's, you know, there's actually people that come in and out every day. Uh, but primarily I have dogs, right? They're uh, half husky, half wolf. So they're maniacs. And, uh, Honestly, if I if I if I'm home, I'll just play with them all day. So I, I keep actually the exact same schedule I kept before. Uh, I keep it on holidays. I keep it on here. Here's another another thing that weirds people out. Um, holidays, birthday, all that stuff. Keep the same schedule. Uh, but the reality is, because you know, people are like, oh, you should take time off. The reality is. I just treat every day like it's a holiday or my birthday, right? Mm -hmm. This is actually the schedule that I would keep uh, if I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. So there's no, there's no resistance, like getting out of bed, coming to the office. It's just kind of what I do. Yeah. Uh, if we were, if we were uh, forced shelter in place and this was not an essential infrastructure, I would just bring everything home. Cool. Great. I like to have a space. I know when I'm in this space, I'm working, um, you know, I got a couch. I know I got a couch right on in the corner there. I know that when my brain, like when I'm stuck on something, like I'm writing an email, I'm just stuck. I will lay on the couch for five minutes. It'll come to me and I pop right back up and my computer's here. Okay. Awesome. So it's, it's just a habit routine. Yeah. I mean, um, so the, the, I mean, the, the question I, the, the, the purpose of the question was to just demonstrate, you know, how you implement uh, the concepts of bumpers and all that in your daily lives and, how it has helped you design your life and it is helping a lot of other people design their life and get exactly what they want out of life. So, so thank you so much for being with us and, and doing what you do and sharing all the information. Um, hopefully we'll get another chance to speak to you, but uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Stay safe and stay healthy. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Great. Thanks. That's all for now until next time. If you want to realize your full potential, I invite you to join our community. We support and help each other out because no one has to do it alone. Join us today by navigating to bootstrapping.group. The community is free to join, no strings attached except for one. You have to take action. So if you are an action taker, we want to talk to you. 
join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group if you want more insightful interviews with industry leaders then check out these other videos we have picked for you right here and subscribe now to get our new content